Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the Sexy Lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships, and hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. So, have you been fantasizing about threesomes, foursomes, and moresomes? Wondering how the dynamics work with multiple partners all at the same time? What about the rules, special considerations, and secret signs that might be needed to ensure everyone has a, a great fucking time? Well, on today's show, we're going to get into how to experience group sex while maintaining a strong and healthy relationship without jealousy. We're also going to cover some fun ways to spice up your sex life with some simple kinky moves like spanking, choking, and maybe even some sensation play as we discuss rough sex for nice folks. Mm, that's the way we play. We're nice folks and uh, we don't do rough sex very often, but I'm really interested to hear our guests talk all about it today. But first, before we get into the show, we need to take care of some business and talk about our top waterproof blanket because nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in the wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils to silicone lubes or any other sexy wetness, you just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. I search on Amazon for top waterproof blanket and order yours today. Great sex starts now. It sure does, and so does today's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and we are super, super excited to welcome today's mega special guest. Reed Mahalko from Read About Sex offers a thoughtful and sometimes humorous man's take on anything having to do with sex, communication, dating, intimacy, and relationships on a college campuses and beyond. Absolutely. So um, we met Reed uh, three or four years ago at the sex show in New York City, and we've been trying to catch up for, I don't know, two or three years. So Reed, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to enlighten us with everything you know about sex. Mm, thanks for having me. It's <laughs> such a such an honor to be on The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and Dave. Woohoo! Uh, and you've been in this industry a really long time. Can you give us a little feedback as to how you got into it? What what enticed you, and what made you take this profession on? Sure. Um, well, there's there's uh, I'll I'll tell two quick stories. The the first was that my first orgy ever was uh, an unintentional one uh, that happened on New Year's Eve, 1999, Ooh. Um, and. And I was, it was so much fun and so amazing. And it was like, oh my goodness, like this, I need more of this. It was with a bunch of my friends. Don't and we all I, need more of this? <laughs> yeah, like, like I need more group like dynamics. I never had that kind of playground before. And I woke up the next morning like excited, but at the, at the same time like worried that all my friends were mad at me because like it just like it happened 
and there was no really no warning and I was just worried because I didn't know that my friends were into that or not and I spent the morning calling them all up just checking in and they uh and they were all like when's the next one and I'm like what they're like they're like that was amazing when's the next one and so that was you know it's been now you know 20 years of of throwing play parties and you know getting really nerdy and geeky about like well how do we create a safe space where people feel free enough to play and explore and like how do i do that with my friends who may not know each other so like how do i do that for strangers and and that's been a part of my my life and i do it professionally now and it's also something that's been near and dear to me for my own growth uh, and feeling insecure about asking for what I want. And, you know, can I, can you really love me if I want to explore all these things? Um, you know, so that's been a big part of my life and I love talking about it and nerding out. Uh, but the, the X-Men origin story for all of this was (laughs) my mom and dad loved each other very, very much. And my brothers and I, you know, they, they shared that special hug four times. And my three brothers and I grew up watching two people who were madly in love with each other who'd always be making out in the kitchen or cuddling on the couch. Um, We watched what happens when two people who love each other don't have the right communication tools and skill sets to be able to talk about their wants, needs, and desires and work through their upsets and their hiccups. And so eventually, like my mom and dad stayed together till my mom passed away first, but they made each other miserable over the years, even though they never stopped loving each other. And so all that pain and frustration and anger that I grew up with in the household eventually, like I set out to try to figure out like, how do I, how do I not do that? Like my mom and dad were obviously in love, but something was missing such that they destroyed each other emotionally. So how do you, how do you not do that to each other? Like, what do I need to learn to figure out how to have a healthy, thriving relationship? And did you figure out, you know, the combination Sorry, did you figure out that they were the problem in their marriage was a sexual issue? Did you figure that out once you started to investigate and grow sexually in your own growth? No, it wasn't a sexual issue. Like it, for them, it was it was emotional and communication based. Okay. Um, and like there was no way for them to have a healthy conversation about difficult topics that would end well for them. Oh, got it. So like a lot of like a lot of people who you know maybe your listeners. Um, we grew up in households where rather than upset each other, you learned to like walk on eggshells, mm-hmm. you know, to, to try to keep the peace. And walking on eggshells is what crushes the relationship mm-hmm. over time, I think. And as I started to discover who I was sexually um, later on in life, like especially if you're, you know, unconventional or progressive in, in your sexual proclivities, like you have to talk about this stuff. But if you grew up in a household where you weren't taught good communication skills and you're not supposed to rock the boat, like what happens then? And, you know, decades of not being self-expressed, being afraid and ashamed of what you want to explore. Like, I think that that has a detrimental effect over time. Absolutely. And yeah. so a lot of my a lot of my work is how do we talk about the difficult stuff? How do we ask for the things and talk about the things that, that we are curious about or maybe even ashamed about sexually. And then what are the skill sets that we need to, to learn and how do we communicate as, as humans so that we can explore those things safely? 
Wow, that's all great stuff. And I know you consider yourself a sex educator. That's really what your profession is. And that encompasses all of those things and more, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because for me, the, the umbrella of, of healthy relationships, you know, sex, if, if, we li- if we leave sex out and just talk about communication, we're missing a huge piece. If we just focus on sex and don't talk about communication, we're, we're missing a huge piece. So it's like all those skills to me are very much the same. And not only do we learn how to communicate in ways that maybe feel awkward at the beginning, but what you're doing is you're building these skills and exercises, these muscles where you can talk about things that some people be like, oh my God, why are we talking about this? That's not so hot. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If we talk about this, like the hot is on the other side. And also, once you get good at this, you can talk about anything Mm -hmm. and make it hot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And these are the, I mean, as a sex educator, um, we come, sometimes we meet a whole bunch of sex educators that have their own specialty or their own forte. What would you say mm-hmm. your specialty would be? Um, goodness gracious. I mean, helping people not feel ashamed mm-hmm. and feeling more competent about the sex that they want to try. So for me, my website is, is readaboutsex.com. So like anything under that umbrella, I think is fair game because to me, it's all the same. whether you want to have a threesome or get spanked, it's still the same communication stuff. And I'm, I personally am very communication based because ultimately what I'm trying to do is when, when like my partner, Alice and I are, are at an orgy, I'm trying to use words to talk about things, to find out if you're the right fit for me and my partner. Like I'm trying to date my species and so if you can't talk about your wants, needs, and desires, if you, we can't have a grown-up conversation about what turns us on, that's a really great assessment tool for me to be like, oh, maybe you, we're not a good fit. Because if you can't talk about things now, how am I going to count on you and your partner speaking up in the moment of us having a foursome or a threesome or something? Like, How do I count on you to speak up when things are happening? And if you can't speak up before we're having sex, ah, and now we're rolling the dice as if you're mm-hmm. going to speak up during sex. And I want everybody to have an amazing time. And I get laid more because I'm having these conversations. People are having great experiences and now they're recommending me to other people. Like when you start getting laid on recommendation, then you know you're doing a good job. I love it. I love it. I That's love a it. thumbs up. And later on in the show, we're going to get into talking all about uh, dating your species and we're going to get into foursomes and morsoms and, and all that, that meat that we, that you teach. But before we move on, I want you to talk a little bit about the fact that not only are you a sex educator, you're also an educator to sex educators and you have a camp. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I'm, I'm very grateful that I get to do what I do full time. I make a living at it and I pay my bills and, and all those things. And the, the honor of getting to do what I love and help people have better sex and healthier relationships. Like I got very good at the business side of it. But in the sex education world and in the workshop leader world, it's, it's a struggle. It's a hustle. And a lot of people don't have the business skills or weren't exposed to the business skills. So I created a, a retreat called Sex Geek Summer Camp that has a business component for sex educators to learn better business skills and be able to geek out and go skinny dipping and, uh, you know, and just kind of 
commune together and play together while we're also working really hard so that we can build community around having the difficult conversations of money and technology and like the struggle of maybe you go back to your small town somewhere uh, and you're the only person in your town that's teaching Tantra or squirting workshops or, you know, helping people learn how to talk about safer sex. And so it can feel very lonely. And so Sex Geek Summer Camp, and if people are curious, you can go to sexgeeksummercamp.com. Um, that is a five-day sleepaway summer camp because I am a goofball and a nerd, <laughs> and I want to run around with a whistle and a megaphone of course and you do. high socks and shorts from the 80s. <laughs> and we have a great time. Oh, that sounds awesome. And I'm sure you do a great job because it's uh, you've done it for many years, I think. Great. Yeah, this year, um, this year will be our sixth year. Wow. And, and it's something that's a lot of fun, and people get a lot out of it. And... You know, just like with with what you two do, like like getting the message out to more people and, you know, being hosts for a show like some some educators like that would be the thing that makes the difference for them and mm. how they reach people and how they make a living. But they wouldn't think conventionally to be like, oh, I need to you know, I need to create a show. Right. And for exactly. other educators, creating a show wouldn't be their self-expression. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, they need to be leading workshops or writing books or something like that. So we have a lot of conversations about self-expression as business people, which for me is under that same umbrella of like self-expression for you as a human being, whether it's business or whether it's your sex life. Like, have you given yourself permission to start being and living the life that you want? And then how do you do that really well? Oh, exactly. Like whether, yeah. when, you know, when it comes to non-monogamy, like there's all different kinds of ways to be non-monogamous and what's the self-expression that makes you happiest. Right. Um, for some people it's a lifestyle for other people. It's polyamory for some people it's kink like all. And, and there's a Venn diagram where all mm. those things overlap. And I'm interested in the, in the bigger circle that has all of those in it, which is like, how do we just live healthy, pleasure filled, kick ass lives and leave the campsite better than we found it. That's Absolutely. great. Like Absolutely. we always say, you live you happy, healthy, and always horny. That's Absolutely. the best way we you can. Love it. We love it. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into what you started off the show talking about. Um, and let's get a little bit into the meat of group sex and the dynamics. So let's start from the basics because, you know, people always, guys at least, think about threesomes and foursomes and all that stuff. And I'm going to shout out to my ball hockey team, the blue team. And a special shout out to our captain, Pat, who's really, you know, keeps the team together, keeps the fabric together, even though on many occasions we just are all over the place talking about these crazy sexual things that um, sort of, you know, keep things light. But Pat, good on you. It's been a pleasure playing with you and hopefully we'll go far in the playoffs. Uh, we're in first place now. And every day every time we have a game someone brings up something sexual as a joke and it's never a joke and you know it always goes to something that they've heard about or saw on Pornhub the last I don't know three or four games or weeks we've been talking about uh, double vag and fisting and DP and anal and douching and I don't know what other things guys are talking about because I don't actually make every game and you know what the guys don't know what they don't know. And so I'm just shouting out to them because I'm going to send the link of this show to them because we're going to be talking about threesomes and some kinky <laughs> and stuff fantasies. and I want and fantasies and I want them to listen to it and tell them that it's absolutely normal and good and healthy for a relationship that if you have something in your mind 
bring it up to your partner and read. We're going to dig into you and pick your brain on telling people the right way to bring up these conversations. So let's talk about group sex and threesomes. And how do you just start by bringing it up to your partner? Well, my caveat is uh, the way the advice that I have may or may not be the right advice for the person listening. So try it on. If if it doesn't fit you, then go find other advice. Like let this let this episode let let whatever workshop you go to or whatever book you read next. Let it just be the next step in a life where you're curious and you're constantly looking for better tools and upgrades for how you communicate and then like how do you in, encourage everybody else to be communicating so that you can start to figure out what is a good idea and what's a bad idea for your relationship and for your loved ones. The the idea of, you know, being sexually evolved has to be that like every time you're squirting so hard that you're knocking over a lamp or <laughs> you're always having these peak sexual experiences like as an educator and as as somebody personally who puts a lot of pressure on themselves to get everything perfect i just want to like let people know that like that overachievingness in society especially american society is like seeped into the bedroom and it's fucking with us mm, like like understand that what evolved is is that you're getting to explore the things you want to explore and you give yourself permission to like the things you like and like the things you don't like. And what I mean by that is like, you know, for, for some couples um, and for some individuals too, right? Like, like full swap really makes you happy. Soft swap doesn't make you happy. Like it, I don't know what it's going to be for, for each individual person, but understand that like you're not broken if there's something you don't like. And, you know, if you try polyamory and you're like, huh, honey, it's really hard. Like, I don't like it. And but the lifestyle works for you. Like, then give yourself permission to to swing, like find the kind of if we're using analogies, like like what kind of music turns you on the most? Like what if love and sex are music? Like, are you a jazz musician? Are you a, a country musician? Are you a rock musician? And then go start a band with people who love playing the music that you love to play. That's my caveat for like just kind of orienting yourself towards this advice. For some people, group sex is like, huh, I'm really excited that we tried that. And you know what? I don't think I like it. And that's totally cool. Like maybe, you know, a huge orgy and a writhing pile of people and bodies and limbs is really hot in your brain, but at the same time you're like, ugh, that's a lot of work to be in the pile, and I don't know if I like it. So maybe you're like, you know what I really like is I like I just like threesomes and foursomes. Like, can we just keep it simple? Understand that if you're even having this conversation about threesomes and foursomes, you are already a champion of of life, as far as I'm concerned, because most human beings will never have a threesome. Most human beings in their, you know, in the history of human beings, most of them never had a foursome. So that you're even talking about having one is a huge fucking deal. And understanding that some things are better left just as fantasies. Some things you can try them and be like, huh, I don't like that. And that's a win. Like you figured out something that you don't like and because you don't have to be into everything. The reason I say this is some people get really scared when you start bringing up new information to them and new ideas because some people think 
if we're even talking about it, somehow I've already agreed to it. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So what I like to tell people is if you're going to, if you have fantasies you want to talk about and things you, you might want to explore, understand and put the caveat to your partners and to your loved ones. Hey, this is something I'm interested in talking about and exploring the idea before we ever do it and give people some room and space to not feel like if they have the conversation, somehow they're, they're agreeing that it has to happen. Right, right. The reason that's important is it starts to remove some of the pressure of the conversation having to turn into a threesome tomorrow night. And then you can talk about it more and then really start to figure out if this is a good idea. Playing the long game and trying to be like, hey, you know, like, like I'd like to have this conversation, but like, there will be lots more conversations about this before it happens, just so you don't feel like we're ever rushed. And then what you can do is you start to create space to be able to talk more about like, well, what are our wants? What are our desires? What are our concerns? Like, what do you think? I think the toughest hurdle for some couples and, and, and just single people too, the toughest hurdle to get over is cracking the egg on that mm, conversation absolutely. like the first time you ever bring up to your partner that you've been monogamous with for so many years like i think i want to explore open relationships or i think i'd like to have a threesome like that's really scary because what if that conversation is the reason you break up right mm. so read however read i'm gonna ask you yep. to hang on for one second we're gonna have everyone hang there we're going to take a quick break. We're going to remind everyone that we're, Ooh, okay. that we're talking to Reed Mahalko from Read About Sex. We're going to take a quick break, talk about Hito. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussions all about how you find a partner. Is it better to talk to a friend or a stranger? And some etiquette about threesomes and foursomes and moresomes. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick break. And we want to invite everyone to join us for Candyland at the spectacular Hito 2 Resort in Jamaica, August 23rd to 30th, 2020. It's a wonder world of fantasy filled with sexy mayhem and decadence. At this fourth annual Candyland party, where this year's theme is Brazilian Wonderland, you can pursue your pleasures during deliciously wicked nightly theme parties and more. Yeah, and have you ever wanted to date a playmate? Well, if you want to, then you need to come to Candyland. And for more information about this, go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to find out a whole lot more and all the other spicy details for this great event. All right, we are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and now let's get back to our amazing show. We're having a great discussion with... Uh, Reed Mahalko, all about um, uh, foursomes and moresomes. We're going to get into some kink. We're going to get into uh, some stories about uh, his open relationship and our open relationship. But let's get talking, continue talking about swinging, threesomes, foursomes, moresomes. And then we're going to talk about group sex and rough sex for nice folks. So let's get back to your when we talked a lot about the communication that we need. And you really set it up so well that a couple has to break the ice open up the conversation, which can be a little bit scary, and that leads gives mm -hmm. room and you can hold space for more discussions. So let's just recap what we did and then move forward on that discussion. Yeah, so so the big piece is if, if you're not building a relationship where you can talk about the scary stuff, I think we're missing something. 
Like our great grandparents, they were taught not to bring up the things that would rock the boat in the relationship. And I think, you know, especially if you want to explore uh, open relationship dynamics, group sexual dynamics, um, what we need to do is we need to learn how to rock the boat in a way where we all have our sea legs. And when you have a relationship where you can have the difficult conversations, where you can have the scary conversations that you fear would ruin the relationship and it doesn't ruin the relationship. Like this is how you start to like build a relationship that has the strength to be able to tackle anything. And I think this is why so many people never get to explore group sexual dynamics is because they're just too afraid to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so then they just live in the shame and the fear and they just make themselves smaller. Right. Mm -hmm. And, it's, and, and it's, group sex aren't going to be for everybody. Right. And it's funny because we've had a couple of guests, a couple of people that we've met. I have a couple of guys in our softball league who've come up to me and talk about it. And I said, you know, if you want a threesome, bring it up to your wife. And eventually they brought it up to their wife and their wife went, you too? I wanted to have a threesome as well. And all of a sudden, you know, yeah. the, the, the conversation, the communication, everything opens up. And they, they've been holding it inside for 10, 15 years. And it's like, how unhealthy is that? Mm -hmm. And that's 10 or 15 years that you could have been having more threesomes. <laughs> exactly. No. So, so some of the tools, like, like in, in the sex education world, you know, where it's filled with sex geeks and nerds, like there are things like yes, no, maybe lists where you can sit down with your partner and you know print out a list of all kinds of different sexy things and then circle like are you a yes to this idea are you a no are you a maybe like how comfortable do you feel like i created my own yes no maybe list for folks and what it does is it allows you to start having conversations about what you're into and then it's really just the icebreaker to have more conversations i invite people to go take workshops do online courses you know, maybe hire a, a sex coach or something like that so that so that you can, as a couple, kind of make it uh, a project to be like, hey, let's go see what we're into. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like some people are into spanking, but they don't know it yet. Yeah. Some yeah. people are into like threesomes, but they don't know it yet. Some people are like, you know what I really want to do, honey? I want to go to an orgy and I just want to watch people. Right. Exactly. Like I want to I want to. I want you to make out with somebody while I fuck you, but mm -hmm. like I, I don't know that I'm ready for us to like fuck other people yet. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people do is we, whenever we bring up an idea, we think of the worst case scenario, um, or we think of what we see in porn. And you know, porn is awesome. I love porn. I have a lot of friends who are porn performers. And if you're trying to learn how to be a better lover from watching porn. That's like trying to learn how to be a better driver from watching The Fast and the Furious. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Like, and so for that couple who have done and, those workshops and they've uh, done, circled all the things and they found out that they both want to have this threesome, as David uh, you know, had suggested with some of his friends, how can you help us work through how they find that third person or that third participant? Where do fourth, they go from fifth, there? Exactly. How do they get there? Absolutely. Okay, so, here, so for me as a nerd, here, here's, the, here's the breakdown. Again... Go find more tools for yourself. Don't my advice might work for you. It might not be the right tool. What I the first question is, um, should we sleep with strangers or our friends? Mm -hmm. And there's no right or wrong answer. But what you're looking for in the conversation is what makes you feel safer mm -hmm. and more relaxed. Some people live in really small towns, you know, and, and they're like, well, if it gets out here that we had a, a threesome, 
like that's going to fuck us up at the PTA meeting. So maybe we need to go to another town or go to Hedo or something like that. Um, so, but for other people, it's like, Ooh, like inviting a stranger into our bed, like that's not really going to work for me. So like, who should we pick if we were going to pick friends? That conversation I think is a really important one to have because when you don't have these conversations and you just try to wing it, it creates weird pressure for everybody because we're hoping that it just happens organically, mm. which usually means somebody's drunk enough to <laughs> say yes and we're pretty drunk too and and we didn't have all the conversations, yeah. which might turn into a headache tomorrow that you don't want to have. It's not the hangover headache. It's like the, oh, fuck, right. what have we done? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you slow it down. So you have this conversation, you bring up, you want to have a threesome. And, you know, as a guy, I'm saying, okay, you know, babe, you know, which girl do you want to do it with? And she goes, no, 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 no. Which guy do we want to bring into this? How do you <laughs> manage that mediation? <laughs> okay. Well, this is the next question, right? It's like strangers or friends, mm -hmm. right? And then it's like, well, what are we talking about here? Like, let's, let's just keep it to threesomes for the moment. Like, what I think what's important is always start with like what's the turn on and understand this is not a have to right if we're talking about guy guy female threesomes it doesn't mean we have to have one but like let's talk about it um, so it's like well what are your preferences what do you what do you like and really practice saying what you really want not what you think the other person's going to be okay with mm -hmm. that's key because when both people when both people are saying what they think the other person is going to be okay with, no one's actually talking about what, what they would really like. And I get that that's, that's, uh, that's vulnerable. Like that's like, ooh, I'm asking for what I really want. What if my partner says no to the thing I really want? Because that can feel like deep rejection. But what if this we don't know? Like, what if we don't know what we really want? That is great. Mm. Like not knowing yeah. is a high state of curiosity. And that, that like, that vulnerability and that anxiety that you might feel, I think, is really just mislabeled excitement. Okay. Because now you're on the edge of like what's possible. So, if you build into your into any sexual things that you're going to try, that any one of you can call a timeout. In the in the kink world, they have safe words, so you can just you know hit pause or just pull the plug on the whole thing. But like, understand that that you're even talking about trying to have a threesome means you are champions of the human race because so many people don't have the courage to even bring that up. So if you slow it down and you're just like, okay, so I want to do it with two guys. Like, what do you think? And then, you know, you, you, you know, you can be like, uh, I don't know, two penises. That's a little edgy for me. And now you're having a conversation about, well, okay, obviously I will honor if you're a no, but like, is there a way we can make that safe? Like if we Eiffel tower, and and I've got a, a cock in my face and you're fucking me from behind. Like, is that is that penis now far enough away from you that it's OK? Great. Like, yeah. is that going to work? Whereas we think we go to our fear response and a straight guy's going to be like, I don't want my, I don't want penises touching. Like, we all think it's going to turn into a sword fight. Right. <laughs> and it's like, ju just understand, you know, that we all think worst case scenario and just talk about it. But, but, you know, it's, it's not even it's not even worst case scenario because, you know, we've been swingers for 12 years. We've done the orgies and foursomes and morsums. And, and our favorite is being in a big pile of naked bodies and just having a great time. 
but a couple of months ago for the first time we did double vag and I got to tell you, I was never homophobic. I'm okay. Carol loves sucking two cocks at the same time, two of them in her mouth. I mean, it's fantastic. But having that sensation of my cock on another cock in her pussy, I mean, Carol's a big squirter, and she just exploded. And then the sensation of, of not just feeling her pussy lips over my cock, but feeling pussy lips on one side squished up against another cock, I mean, both of us came in her pussy at the same time. It was the hottest sensation we've ever had. And it wasn't about a cock touching a cock. It was just skin on skin. But it was about sensual pleasure. It was. It was so erotic. Yeah. And this is where, like, as a nerd and as a geek, um, this is where building the cognitive muscles to really deconstruct like what's what's the concern or right. what did culture tell you right. like uh, two two dicks touching means i'm gay like that's all bullshit right. right like culture gave us a shit ton of negative messaging and when you can slow it down and be like hey like what do i think i want to explore and then where is culture holding me back like for the folks that are listening that you're even listening to a lifestyle show I think is a fucking huge deal. It is. Like and you, you are stepping outside of the box and you're also allowed to try things and be like, oh, you know what? I don't like two penises in the vagina because I have to, I feel like I'm a circus soleil performer. Honey. <laughs> and like the geometry of trying to get everybody in the right position. My God, that's so much hard work. Can somebody just sit on my cock and sit on my face? I like that so much better. Right. And you know and what, like, Reed? Now you know, you're having a conversation. When we had this double vag, the hottest part about it is the two guys weren't worried about their cocks touching. Both guys were into how it was going to make Carol feel. And it was about her pleasure and not our insecurities. I mean, there wasn't any, but it wasn't about us worrying about us. It was about us taking care of her. And that made it even hotter. And again, I go back to, you know, this thing about skin touching skin. Um, you know, guys like love watching other women rub their pussies together and push their tits together and kiss each other well why is it different for them than it is for us i think i think there's a lot of cultural messaging that a real man has to be x y and z mm -hmm. and i i also just want to say again like this is where that 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 you know if you're more evolved sexually then you should be fine with it i i just want to pause and say I think what is more important is to focus on give yourself permission to like what you like, not like what you don't like, and then build great skills to explore things safely. So if if you discover you really like the double penetration thing and and you love, you know, you know, doing that with a partner who loves receiving that, like then cool. And Sometimes when we try new things, they don't go well at first because it's a learning curve situation, like like feeling competent and confident about something so that there's this confidence competence loop that they talk about in psychology. Like a lot of people have a first experience and it, it doesn't feel good because it's just clunky. So for some folks, you might want to try something once or twice to try to get the hang of it and right. see if That's, that changes yeah. it. Yeah, For some people, it's really person dependent. Like a foursome with one couple is kind of lackluster. 
but with a different couple where there's a where there's a different kind of chemistry, like it's off the charts. Absolutely. Right. So again, it's it's this is more of a long game of ex- exploring and learning rather than you have this peak experience that happens in a hot tub late at night organically after tequila shots. Like I'm not saying that that's not cool and fun, but the odds that that's all going to line up at once are so remote that if you learn the tools and put a little bit of the work into communicating and then being vulnerable with each other, whether you had the threesome or not, I think you've just strengthened your relationship. And that over 10 years, 15 years, 20 years together, now you end up in a different trajectory of, of, of your relationship years later because you did all the quote unquote boring conversation stuff. And now 10 years later, you can talk about things and figure out if you want to hook up with a couple in five minutes because you can assess and connect and speak bravely and courageously about what you want to do. And then you have the, the practice and the experience to pull it off. Yeah, absolutely. And that the only thing not hot about that is you lose that. Oh, the first time experience of doing something for the first time. But oh, I wouldn't I've even had, say that. I would say it's well still exciting. Threesomes. Yeah. Yeah. I've had well over a thousand threesomes and they're still exciting. <laughs> exactly. So may that be your problem that you've done something <laughs> so many times that you're so good at it that you have to like come up with new things. Now I know I some, think that's a life worth living. I know some listeners out there who really want more of the nitty gritty of how this all gets started and how it all works. Why don't you talk a little bit about like the proper etiquette when you are in a threesome, whether it's two girls and a guy or two guys and a girl. There are like I'm gonna say respect and rules that we innately perform without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big things are for me, you you talked about it going into it, right? And so now the conversations that you had that led to, to now you're having the threesome. And, and the respect there is really, uh, for me, it sounds really cheesy, but it's really like leave the campsite better than you found it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not there. I'm there to enjoy, but the focus is to make sure everybody else has a good time. Um, and why I think that's important is it's more about giving than taking. And when everybody is, you know, when everybody gives a flying fuck, that everybody else is having fun and that you're all willing to call a timeout or hit the pause button if something feels off, that is respect. Mm-hmm. It feels weird because people, you know, worst case scenario thinking is, well, if I call a timeout, then we'll never capture the moment again. Yeah. Like we'll ruin, I'm going to ruin the moment if I speak up. What, what I'm going to say as somebody who's had like hundreds of, of threesomes, um, if you call a timeout or if somebody calls a timeout and you can't recapture the moment, I guarantee you, you saved yourself a headache that was going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I have stopped threesomes because something felt off and then gotten invited back because people were like, oh my goodness, like that was so, you're just awesome. Like, thank you so much for causing, you know, for calling a timeout because something was off. Like my wife and I figured out like something was off. Mm -hmm. And 
that was so fucking decent of you. And you know, like, we didn't feel pressured. And what are you doing next Wednesday? Can we have a redo? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and I know and, it's... And for me... Sorry. Go ahead. For me, I'm looking like one of the reasons I've had so many, so much group sex is now my closest friends are people who also like group sex. So when we're hanging out playing Scrabble and then somebody's <laughs> like, hey, do y'all want to fuck? And we're like, I don't know. Like, what? Every, everybody? What do you think? Okay, like, let's finish this game of Scrabble and then let's fuck. <laughs> and then, like, the rest of that game of Scrabble is really fucking hot. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. For sure. That's a lot of fun. And I know one of the other thoughts that people have when they think about bringing a stranger or a friend into their bedroom is about that jealousy, which we don't really know if we're going to feel jealous until we actually have that threesome. What's your take on it? Um, so jealousy for me, I have a whole workshop uh, that I teach on jealousy. And if people, um, if you like handouts and nerdy things, uh, people can go to readaboutsex.com slash jealousy forward slash uh, jealousy. And you can download a handout about jealousy. Um, same thing with group sex, readaboutsex.com forward slash group sex if you want some tips and a handout. But the, um, the thing about jealousy is for me, jealousy is kind of like asthma. <laughs> if you know people who have asthma, yeah. like you learn, like, what are your triggers? Is it cat hair? Is it running in the cold air? Like, yeah. what triggers your asthma attack? With jealousy, because people, at least in America, we don't talk about jealousy at all. In the lifestyle, thank goodness we do. Um, look at jealousy and start figuring out what your triggers are. And then learn what the needs are underneath. Because jealousy, as one of my other sex educator friends calls it it's, it's just a dashboard light on your car that just says check engine mm -hmm. it doesn't tell you what the fuck's wrong but it's a light that something is going on that just needs further examination so it's not that jealousy is bad that check engine light isn't bad it's telling you valuable information but what you need to do is is you know pull over and pop the hood when you have a relationship where you both work on knowing what your jealousy triggers are and then what the needs are underneath because if you're getting all your needs met and you feel really secure and healthy in your relationship then you're probably not going to have jealousy pop up that often or it's going to show up in a different way but when you're completely de depleted feel ungrounded you know um, feel like your partner's way more into somebody else than you are and you're just generally low in that tank of appreciation and feeling solid in your relationship, then jealousy can really rock your rock your world. Mm -hmm. So for me, jealousy is, is more like this octopus with these eight tentacles. Um, and if people go to, to readaboutsex.com forward slash jealousy, you can download a little PDF of the octopus and what those tentacles are <laughs> and send you more information on the actual workshop. But like it's, it's learning how not to fear jealousy but how to understand like, oh, this is just a dashboard light and here's what I think I need to, to, to turn that light off. And then you just have more tools and more choice and resources in your relationships. It's not that jealousy is bad. It's that jealousy without any tools will just – it just continually fucks you up. Right. Driving right. the car forever with the engine light on is not good for the car. No, absolutely not. We're having an amazing discussion with Reed Mahalko from Read About Sex, all about group dynamics and 
foursomes, morsomes, and a whole bunch of great orgies and all the things that tools that we need to get get it going. We're just going to take a quick break right now. We'll be right back after this message. We are Carol and David. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Stay tuned. And we all want better sex, right? And one of the biggest issues preventing people from getting there is that everyday stress. And we have with us Lynn and Jonam, founders of Amarita Awakening. So Jonam, how do people get to have better sex from following your program and workshops? Great question, Carol. So this is almost like taking a mini vacation. And it's all about taking that sensual journey into the depths of your own mind so that you can instantly relax and reconnect with yourself. And from there, you can connect far better with whoever you're sharing this intimate time with. And you can do all of this from the comfort of your own home. That's true. We created this as a tool so that you guys can be at home and learn to tune out the stresses and distractions of your workaday life and tune into the freedom that you really want to be here and to be present. Because when you're able to shut off that monkey mind, you know, the one that just chatters and chatters when you're trying to pay attention to something else, it stops you from being able to really de-stress. So with the Amrita Awakening series, you're able to be free and explore just how much pleasure you can feel. And honestly, we have found that there really is no upper limit. Lynn, Jonam, thank you so much. To learn more, go visit amritaexperience.com. That's A-M-R-I-T-A experience.com. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we are having probably one of our best shows this year um, or in the last year uh, with Reed Mahalko, all about um, sex and sexuality. And his brand is Read About Sex. Um, you can go to his website, readaboutsex.com, to get even more than you're getting on our show today. So we're going to continue our discussion um, now. We're going to get a little bit into kink and BDSM. So, um, Reed, you know, we've been talking about um, threesomes and foursomes and moresomes and group sex, but there is also a different part of the lifestyle, the alternative lifestyle, that includes kink and BDSM that doesn't necessarily... Um, bring in other people. It just brings in other tools and aspects of sexuality. Um, is there a difference between kink and BDSM? Ah, great question. It depends on who you talk to, but kink could be considered the big circle, and then BDSM is one of the circles inside. Um, or you could say BDSM is the big circle, and kink is is the inside circle. For me, it's it's all the same. Like I look at sex and pleasure and and curiosity around you know exploring sex to be like cooking there's baking there's you know um you know roasting things there's frying things in a skillet there's um you know stir fry like whatever the thing is it's all under this umbrella of cooking and what i like to geek out on is helping people learn how to think about sex how to think about pleasure and, and you know how to think about cooking such that when somebody says, hey, you know, here's this recipe and you're like, I've never I've never made homemade pasta before. But you understand how cooking works so that you're like, yeah, like, let's try it. This is cool. Like it might go horribly wrong, but this is fun. <laughs> and then your curiosity, your curiosity uh, turns into courage and bravery and it turns into like curiosity with um, with like competence in it and also like it's not like this bravado like i can do anything but it's more like hey 
like let's try this new thing because it's an extension now of what you know to... exactly so when you start to understand how bodies work and how pleasure uh you know kind of behaves air quotes because all bodies are different the way that my body worked when i was 23 is very different now that i'm in my 50s and my body will change yet again um when i'm in my 70s but the idea of pleasure and how bodies work for the most part, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that is kind of similar regardless of if you're a penis owner or a vulva owner, um, regardless of if, you know, whatever your gender or identity is, if you're non-binary and you're a trans person, like, it, like all this stuff for me is like, it's all the same similar things that we have in common, so let's start there. Why I bring this into to kink and BDSM is for me, as somebody who's not kinky, to my kinky friends, because to my vanilla friends, my my brother and sister-in-law, like I'm really kinky because I'm out, mm -hmm. I have a lot of group sex, mm -hmm. you know, like they're like, that's kinky. But like to my kinky friends, they're like, oh, baby. Like, <laughs> <that's sweet." laughs> Orgies, that's so sweet. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, well, what are you into? And then they tell me and I'm like, I didn't even know you could do that. Exactly. Oh, I can't unhear that. That's scary. Mm -hmm. So. So for me, Rough Sex for Nice Folks um, as a class was teaching people the things I needed to learn to be able to play with my kinky friends even though I don't identify as kinky. Mm -hmm. And this starts to get into like sensation play and understanding that for some people when they're highly aroused, like intense sensation helps take their pleasure to the next level. Mm -hmm. For some people when they're highly aroused, really gentle soft like almost not touching them like turns them on and helps get them to the next level and it's like how do you start to figure those things out about each other the the place to begin i think for everybody and this is stuff where i was never taught in sex ed in seventh grade by my you know science teacher really my teacher i'm so it's surprised it's i know <laughs> welcome to america but the idea of what's erotic and then what is um, sensual? Sensual, the way that I use the word in this, in this piece is like what are the kinds of – what are the ways you like to be touched? Like how do you, um, how do you like and where do you like to be touched? Um, what kinds of sounds or noises? Like visually, like is it dim light or you know, is it complete darkness? Like what are the sensations that you can absorb through your senses that turn you on? For the most part, they get you, you know, in your pelvis and kind of tingly, tingly, humpy, humpy, wiggly, wiggly, squirmy, squirmy. Like, what are those things? And then erotic is what turns your brain on? Mm. What are the ideas or the images or the scenarios that turn you on? Like, what are, and this is where sensual and erotic start to cross over. Yeah. Like, what are the, what are the exact words that, that make you wet or hard? Um, you know, is it people using their Batman voice? Does that get you <laughs> off? You know, is it, you know, being kidnapped by pirates and tied up and then made their sex slave? Like, what are the things that turn your brain on? And as you start to figure out what turns your brain on and gets you in your pelvis and all squirmy and humpy and what turns your body on, now we can start to, to fold those together like an omelet. And then I understand that in the beginning, when you're just starting to get aroused, like light kisses on your neck and, you know, me like gently suckling on your nipples, that starts to get you in your pelvis, 
you know, and and me like dirty talking to you about pirates kidnapping you like you're like, oh, now I'm starting to augment the ways I'm touching you with the things that are turning your brain on. And then as you start to get more and more turned on, maybe the light suckling on your nipples isn't what your body needs. Like maybe what you want is for me to be grabby and like, you know, really pulling and tugging on you and then lightly tugging on your hair and like kind of biting your neck a little bit. Like understanding that, that this is how bodies shift and change as we surf arousal now starts to allow you to kind of like like a surfer, like you learn how to like ride these waves and then help you and your partner take it to the next level. And this is where we start to get into what I call rough sex mm -hmm. because so many people read Fifty Shades of Grey, which was exciting for America and the rest of the world, but also horrible communication skills in that book. Oh, yeah. Fucked up unhealthy relationship. Yeah. And like starting to teach people like what what and why and how your partner might want to be spanked or maybe you want to be spanked. Maybe as a dude, you want to be spanked and you're like, what does that mean? Like I'm, a real man doesn't get spanked again. Fuck that culture's full of shit like pleasure and turn on is what's important. So like a real man can embrace like, you know what? I fucking want to get spanked, but how do you get spanked while you... I'm eating while I'm eating pussy? Like that's what I want. And like that's, that's masculinity. That's femininity. That's just being a healthy human being. But it's not do, about gender how roles. How does a person know that they want to be spanked if they've never been spanked? Or are they just curious about spanking? Well, this is the thing. is like you don't know until you try. How do you know if you like, you know, escargot until you've tried it? Oh, I guess, yeah. Like this is where, this is where curiosity comes mm -hmm. into play. So you, you've and, seen it. You might want to try it. And so you bring it up with your partner. And they're, um, what if they don't even know how to spank you? Where do they go for that? Workshops. Mm -hmm. There's there's courses online. Like the, And again, like this is where it's like, ooh, this is scary now. Because, you know, what if my partner likes it and I don't? Right. You're, having the, you're exercising the muscles to have these conversations about it. And if you're already non-monogamous... Guess what? If you don't like spanking, but your partner does, then I'm sure at Hito, you can find somebody who's mm -hmm. really good at spanking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Who would be happy to spank your wife or your <laughs> husband and has fun with it? Because what we're realizing is, oh, I also don't have to be everything for you. Right. And, thank and then God what for ends that. up happening is, yeah, I, what ends up happening is you get to love your partner for what they're into. You don't have to be the one who does all the things. And then in the polyamory community, uh, they talk about compersion, which is kind of thought about as the opposite of jealousy, where you get to see your partner having fun and, and, and having pleasure, and that makes you happy whether it's you are the one doing it or not. Right. Right. And some people like that, that's an edgy place for them because they're like, oh my God, are you going to leave me because somebody else like spanking more than I do. And trust me, having those conversations might be vulnerable and tricky at first, but where you end up because you talked about your vulnerabilities usually ends up strengthening the relationship. And if your partner can go get spanked and gets to come back to you, I don't understand why they would leave you. Right, if, absolutely. You guys have a strong relationship because they get to have their cake and eat it too. 
And the best part is for you as their partner, you don't have to be the one always making their cake. Mm-hmm. Reed, do you think that some people are curious about alternative lifestyles like kink and BDSM because it's so naughty and taboo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like taboo is a big turn on. Mm-hmm. I have people come to my play parties who never play with other people. It's just so hot for them to watch other people fuck. Mm-hmm. And then it's so hot for them to play Scrabble while other people are fucking right next to them. I hang out with nerds. <laughs> like we have, we have people doing using coloring books and shit at my play parties while other people are fucking. And somebody's like, hey, can you hand me the lube? Then they just reach over and hand it. Like I, I hang out with, with dorks and nerds. But, you know, it's it's that we all have permission to just be the best version of ourselves. And you can be curious about kink and and you know swinging and whatever because the idea is so taboo and you never have to do any of the things like there i have friends who are into they they are turned on erotically by ideas that they really never want to do themselves they don't actually want to be kidnapped by pirates right (laughs) and so like i mean i had a good friend of mine who who's into cosplay uh, in the comic book world. And what she likes to do is get dressed up as Captain America. And for her birthday, she wanted to have a Captain America gangbang. Mm-hmm. And I have all these comic book, you know, play party nerds in my life. So we all dressed up as the Avengers and we fucked the shit out of her wow. while she wore a Captain America costume. Wow. It was awesome. Wow. That's like, very, it was very cool. great. And, and so like the sky's the limit really where you can start to explore and try things. You don't have to like anything. You can try spanking and be like, oh, I don't really like it. I wasn't really into spanking, but so many of my friends love being spanked that once I got good at it, once I understood how to do it, I enjoy how much pleasure they have. And now all these years later, kind of spanking turns me on a little bit more because I associate so many people's orgasms with spanking Mm -hmm. and I feel competent at it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's so, very cool. So like, like everybody's different, but my big question is, what are you afraid of? And like, do you want to explore that? And when you start removing the shame and the stigma and the fear, you just have more choice in life. And it doesn't mean you're going to be into everything, but what it means is that you don't have to be, you don't have to live your life and you don't have to love being afraid all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's really where we start to, to be inspired. But that's a lot of courage and bravery, and that's not going to be everyone's path. No. But all right. I think a lot of people want to, to be more brave. I think that is an amazing segue into our next section. We're going to ask you to just hang on. We'll give you a second to catch your breath. Uh, we're going to take a moment to remind everybody that we are Carol and David, and we're having uh, one of the most amazing discussions we've ever had uh, with uh, the amazing and world-renowned sex educator, Reed Mahalko, uh, from Read About Sex. And coming up is our favorite segment, which is Great Sex Matters, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. But that's not the end of the show. It's just the end of part one. We have a whole lot more to talk about with Reed in part two. Unfortunately, we only have an hour to do this. So we're going to ask you to to look at the next show in our listing of episodes. You'll see it's going to be part two. This show was part one. And we will get into our Great Sex Matter segment with Reed Mahalko 
from Read About Sex. Just take a minute now and tell everyone how they can find you online, social media, website. Yep. Uh, social media, almost everywhere. It's Read About Sex. So it's R-E-I-D, About Sex. My website is readaboutsex.com. Um, there's a bunch of different links we already talked about in the show. And if people are like, you know, you're confused as to what link you're looking for, just email me at read, R-E-I-D, at readaboutsex.com and ask me what you're looking for. And I'll point you in the right direction. Wow. Thank you so much. We are learning more and more every week with all our fantastic guests. And we hope you do, too. You can visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to find out more about all our expert guests. You can even contact them from there if you have any questions about sex, sexuality, and relationships. And remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. Promo code 30314 will give you the first month free. So check it out. And you can join us at Hito 2 We've spoken about it many times during the show, which is a clothing optional resort. It's the world's most iconic playground. It's in Jamaica where you can get as well where you can get as mild or as wild as you want. And in uh, September, the 26th to the 3rd, we're going to be there for a triple play event. It's going to be a full hotel takeover. And if you're into fitness, kink, or arm candy, not the kind you eat, the kind you fuck, come join us September 26th to October 3rd at Hito 2. And also remember to book Nadia Norlings, the world's largest uh, convention for sexually open-minded couples in the world. That's going July 8th to 12th, 2020. And for more information about these events or any other uh, and anything else, just visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or you can send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. Reed Mahalko, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. And a special Have fun th- in Hito. Thank you. And a special thank you to all our listeners. You can join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. And stay tuned for part two with Reed Mahalko from Read About Sex. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 